The following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com. Colossians 2, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him, through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead." And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespass, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. This is the word of the Lord. Let the church say amen. 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 And amen again. Um, it's, it's a blessing. I'll turn it down. I'll turn it down. It's a blessing and an honor to, to, to stand and preach. Hold on. Let's get this together. Let's try this again. Amen. amen. All right. Let's start over. <laughs> As I was trying to say, it's a blessing and an honor to be able to stand and preach God's word. And I'm super excited to um, be here and preach and continue our um, series just going through Colossians, um, Christ alone. As we continue to learn about, uh, we, we submit to what is supreme in our lives and how Christ should always be supreme. Um, but before I um, pray and preach, I just got some disclaimers to make. Um, I, I always just make it known whenever I preach and my family is in the audience that we come from a traditional um, Baptist church where um, we just did take notes. When the preacher started getting happy, the church yelled and said amen. So if my mom get a little happy and loud, don't worry. Everything is all right. Everything is all right. And my second disclaimer I have to make, um, we, my wife and I, Jay, we are expecting um, our first child any minute now. So, um, so, so, so if, if something happened during the sermon, I'm just going to skip all over to point three and wrap it up. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I'm a little tired. We ain't even getting no sleep. Every time she moves, I'm like, is it time yet? It ain't time. But hopefully this time next week I'll be able, be able to show y'all some pictures and, you know, all the little lovey-dovey pictures and stuff. But um, before I preach, will you bow your heads with me for a word of prayer? Dear Lord, we just truly thank you for this time. Well, I just thank you for how your presence has already been made known amongst us. Lord, and I just pray for this word right now, Lord. I pray truly that I decrease and you increase, Lord, just speak through me in a, in a powerful way, Lord. Um, I pray, Lord, that your word does a miraculous thing today. 
Lord, that you use your word to save someone. Lord, that you use your word to heal the brokenhearted. Lord, that you use your word, Lord, that we may be rooted deeply in you. That we may know, Lord, that you are the one true God and the one true king. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we all may know, that, that the United States of America has this one thing that was created for every citizen to obey, the Constitution. And the Constitution is what governs this country. And it's important to know that in 1865, the 13th Amendment was added to this Constitution, which outlawed slavery completely in this country. Well, only three years later, the 14th Amendment passed and was added to the Constitution, which gave equal rights to everyone living in this land, no matter if you are rich, poor, black, white, no matter who you are, the 14th Amendment gave equal rights to all. Well, a man by the name of Homer Plessy, only 30 years later, realized that something wasn't quite right with this country. He realized that even though these two laws had been passed, that the reality um, was not true for many people of color. And Homer Plessy said, you know what, I'm going to do something about this. And even though Homer was seven-eighths white and only one-eighths black, he sat in the white-only section of the train and stood up and said, I am a black man sitting in the white-only section. Homer Plessy was quickly arrested, but he could not wait to get to court because he knew that he was going to appeal to the 13th and 14th Amendment that declared him to be free and everyone to be equal. Homer did something that we as Christians must often do in this day and age. He went back and remembered the truth. And, and instead of living by society and cultural norms, he lived by what was true. And this is important for us today because we live in a progressive culture where more and more people question the faith and the beliefs of God. And this faith has even crept in, into the church where more and more people in the church are really um, wavering and doubting, is this Bible really true? Truth itself today is even questioned. I've heard so many people say, um, what is true for you is true for you, and what is true for me is true for me. This is my truth, that's your truth. You live how you want to live, and I'm going to live how I want to live. There is no such thing as absolute truth. And this belief has even crept into the church. I mean, I hear even people in the church say, do I really have to stop sinning? Is, is, is Jesus really the, the, the only way? Do I really have to be a, a, a member, Pastor Mike? Or can I just church hop and go from church to church? Truth is being questioned every day, and I'm so happy that this scripture today shows us and reminds us to do three things. It reminds us to remember the truth. It reminds us to, to remember how this truth has renewed your life. And it reminds us to remember the cross. Yeah, yeah. And if I had just, just one main idea, one takeaway that I want us all to leave here again is this. 
I want us all to hear that Jesus is God. He is the true king who transforms us by his finished work on the cross. He transforms us by his finished work on the cross. Now looking at verse 8, we see the, the first point I have this morning. That's simply to remember the truth. For verse 8 says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And I need us to see that this is not a suggestion from Paul. This is a, a commandment. This is Paul warning the church that do not be taken captive by these empty philosophies and these empty false teachings of the world. See, Paul was writing to the church in Colossae 2,000 years ago, but he is also writing to the church today. And, and he was saying back then, I know that there are people coming in the church and saying, you don't have to worship um, God, but you are to worship these angels. He said that there were people coming in the church saying, you don't have to worship just one God, but you can worship a host of gods. You don't have to worship God, but instead you should be pursuing knowledge and, and this sense of enlightenment, this sense of being woke. And Paul is saying, don't be taken captive. Don't be enslaved. Don't be imprisoned to these false teachings. And even us today, there are so many false doctrines, so many things that we have to be aware of. And another thing I want us to see that Paul even said, don't be taken captive by human traditions. And we have to realize that there may be some things that are so normal in our lives that are not of Christ. And we have to be humble and even humble enough and honest enough to look at ourselves in the mirror and ask the question, what have I been taken captive by? What has we as a church been taken captive by? I know I, even as the church, I hear so many people talking about, man, just, just preach the gospel. Um, I don't want to go to a church that talks about all these social justice issues. And I'm here to tell you that the gospel is a social issue. That, that, that it is so normal to say just preach the gospel, but the gospel is not just a, a word that we say, but the, but the God that we serve is the God who came down low and entered into our reality and did something physical and saved us. Even your family traditions, we have to be on guard. We have to be on guard against exalting our culture and the color of our skin. We have to be on guard against pledging our loyalty to a particular political party. Because the truth is, there is no political party that truly, um, that truly represents my Lord and Savior Jesus. And, and one more thing that I, I see so rampant that we as a church in 2019 have to be on guard against is... It's this thing called social media. I don't know if y'all heard about it. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's so easy for anyone to pick up a Bible and, and record themselves um, preaching or teaching the Bible. And it may sound good, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. 
Um, I once heard a very uh, popular pastor who, this boy can preach, like he can preach. And I love listening to him. And then one day I was listening to him. He said, you know what? Jesus is just the way that I'm taking. But you can take any other way that you want. And I couldn't help but think, I have to be on guard to make sure that I don't be taken captive by this because I know what my Bible and what Jesus says. And also with that, I, I love the fact that Kanye West just professed to, to be a believer in Jesus Christ. I love the fact that Kanye West is using his platform to share his testimony and say Jesus is the way. But just because Kanye West is a celebrity and a rapper does not mean I should listen to every word that he says. And just because somebody make a YouTube video or a Facebook post does not mean that they are true. And there are so many young black men who are getting on Facebook and they are seeing some people say Jesus is just the creation of the white man. That the white man created Jesus to, to enslave people. And there are so many young brothers leaving the church, leaving the faith because of this false teaching. And Paul is warning even us today that we have to be on guard to not be taken captive by these false philosophies. And he encourages us to remember the truth that is in Christ Jesus. But my next question is, why, why should I center my life around this Jesus? I mean, what, what makes this, this Jesus so special? I grew up in church and I grew up hearing all these preachers say, is Jesus the Lord of your life? You shall follow Jesus. But my question is, why should I follow someone I have never seen? Why should I submit and, and obey this God when sin seems to be so good? Why should I follow Jesus? And verse 9 gives us the question. For look at verse 9. It says, in him, in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. It says that in Christ Jesus, the fullness of God dwells bodily. And we just heard a couple weeks ago that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We just heard that Jesus created everything in heaven and on earth for him and by him, that the angels in heaven and everything below are praising the God. And we center our lives around Jesus because he is the creator and the giver of life. We center our lives around Jesus because he is the one who spoke this world into existence. We center our lives around Jesus because he is the one who sees us day by day. That we need to see that Jesus is the God who left his heavenly throne and took on flesh to save us from this fallen and broken world. Jesus is the God who took on flesh to reconcile and restore our relationship to God. Jesus is the God who put on an earthly body so one day you and I who place their faith in him can one day put on our heavenly bodies. And no matter, let me tell you about these heavenly bodies. There'll be no more sickness in these heavenly bodies. There'll be no more death in these heavenly bodies. There'll be no more sore knees, no more cancer, no more diabetes, no more paleos and vegans, no more KDO folks because we will be fully restored in our heavenly bodies. Oh my. This is the day that I look forward to. 
when I put on my heavenly body and I can behold my Savior Jesus face to face and I will spend all of eternity in paradise worshiping him forever. This is why we submit and surrender our lives to Christ Jesus. Jesus is supreme. And, and verse 10 says that he has filled us. We have been filled by this Jesus. That the God who holds the water, the earth's waters in his hand says, has now filled you. Another translation says, has made you complete. And there are so many people still wondering and searching for this wholeness. Searching for this peace, searching for this joy. And here Paul is saying that you don't have to look anymore because you have already been made whole. And I love what the late Bishop G. Patterson said before he died. He, he said, you can't fix me with all that. He said, you can't fix me with Muhammad and Buddha and Gandhi and, and Hinduism and all these other isms because I've already been fixed. He said, you can't fill me up with that because I've already been filled. Jesus Christ has already fixed me. He has already filled me. My mind is already made up that Jesus is the rock on which I will stand. All other ground is sinking sand. This is why we follow Jesus. So Paul wants us to remind us to remember the truth. And secondly, he wants us to remember that this truth has renewed our lives. Look at verse 11 with me. It says, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you also were, were raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. He says, You have been circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, the, the circumcision of Christ. Yeah. And it's important to know that in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, the you know, circumcision was the outward sign, was the outward symbol that you was a part of God's people, that, that you was a part of this covenant uh, community. So every Hebrew or Jewish boy, um, eight days after they was born, they would go to the synagogue and be circumcised, meaning they were a part of God's people. But there was just one problem with this circumcision. This, this circumcision was incomplete and, and, and insufficient to truly change what needed to be changed. The heart. For God even says in Deuteronomy chapter 10, he says that the real circumcision is the circumcision of your heart. And God is saying, I'm not, I'm not just after your church attendance. I'm not just after your, your outward, um, your, your outward performance. I'm not just after you trying to um, be a good moral person, but I'm after your hearts. And just because on the outside you look like you are one of God's people, God is saying that your heart can still be so far from me. Just because we come to church, sing songs, and put some money in the plate, does God have your hearts? Has your heart really be changed? being changed and now it tells us that we have our hearts have been changed by circumcision made without hands the circumcision of Christ and this is what Paul wants us to see he he wants us to see that we are changed not by a ceremony or an outward ritual 
but we are brought into God's family, brought into his people through faith in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 12 again. It says, and went, in which you were also raised with him through faith and a powerful working of a God who raised him from the dead. Paul is saying that through faith in Jesus have you been raised to walk a new life. That through faith, only faith in Jesus can you truly change. That the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same power that is now working in you, that is now healing you, that is now freeing you, that is now making you new. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the power that gives you the ability to break free from that lifestyle of sin that you never thought you would be able to be free from. And maybe some of you right now have this hidden sin that you just feel stuck in and you are just feel this guilt and this shame and you don't want no one to know that you're struggling. And I'm here today to tell you that this power of God, oh my, this wonder working power is the power that is able to set you free. This wonder working power is the power that is able to do something amazing in your family life. This power, this wonder working power is the power that is able to bring peace and joy back into your household. It's by this power that has raised Christ Jesus from the dead that is now at work within you. And before I move on, I need us to know and see that it's not us who change our hearts. We are, we have no power to change ourselves. Um, I remember um, being in college and I grew up in church, but, but I got to college and my life looked, I, I ain't want my mom to know what I was doing. That's all I'm going to say, amen? That's all I'm going to say. And, and I remember being so convicted of my sin. I remember feeling the weight and the guilt and this constant shame and this constant burden of my sin. And I was like, okay, let me change myself. Let me stop sinning. Let me break free. And I could not stop. And I remember one day in particular, I sat on my bed and I yelled out to God. I said, God, I'm done with you. I said, God, I can't do this no more. I can't change myself. I'm not good enough. I have tried and I have tried and I have tried. I'm tired of this guilt. I'm tired of this shame. I'm done, God. I can't do it. And in that very moment, something in me just hit. I said, I can't do it. But Jesus, you can. Jesus, I can't stop sinning, but you never sin. I can't love my God with all my heart, soul, and strength, but Jesus, you do. So, Jesus, will you come into my life and change me? Jesus, will you come into my life and set me free? Jesus, will you come into my life and give me the ability to love my wife as I need to? Jesus, will you? And I'm here today to tell you that it's only by this power have I been changed. So, we are to remember the truth. We are to remember that it's by this truth are we changed. And finally... We are to remember the cross. Um, I grew up in the Baptist church and I always heard the Baptist preacher say, you ain't finished preaching unless you preach about that cross. So I know, you know, I'm in the EPC now, but you know, I got to take it to the cross. Amen. So we remember the cross. In verse 13 shows us, it says, you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, but God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Having forgiven all of our trespasses 
by counseling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Oh my. This, this is why I love Jesus right here. This is why I love him. That the Bible says I was literally dead and even though we all are physically alive without placing our faith in Jesus, we are spiritually dead. That we are uncircumcised people outside of God's family. But God says, oh man, now through, through my son, Jesus Christ, through my power, are you now made alive? That it was not me who cleaned myself up. That it was not me who took away this shame and guilt. But it's only through what God has already done. Taking my sin and nailing it to the cross. I can't help but think about what happened this past May in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, history was made May 2019 in Atlanta, Georgia at Morehouse College. Um, about 400 students on a sunny Saturday morning uh, went, to the, um, went to the auditorium for their graduation. And they expected to walk across the stage and only get their degrees. But Morehouse College surprised them and invited a billionaire by the name of Robert Smith to come be their commencement speaker. And Robert Smith was asked to just give an, 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 an inspirational charge to these new graduates. And, and Robert Smith did exactly just that. But in the middle of his speech, he says, many of you are about to graduate and start your new jobs, but you're going to have all of this financial burden on you of student loans. And he says, you know what? I'm going to pay off everyone's student loans here. And this is what he said about it. He says that I don't want this financial burden on you as you pursue the start of your career. And as you seek to lead and serve your community, all I ask you to do is to remember the spirit of this gift given to you. I should have went to Morehouse College. <laughs> but how amazing is this? That their years of feeling burdened and the weight of paying off a debt that seemed so impossible, he said, put it on me. He said that their interest that they're going to have to pay, he said, put it on me. And many of us here can, can relate to living under a constant financial burden. But we all can relate to the burden that we have under God. For we all have sinned against God and we all have been written a ticket. And the fine for this ticket, no amount of money in this world can pay. There is no good behavior program that will get you out from under heaven to pay this ticket. But the fine for sinning against God is to be condemned and punished for all of eternity. But oh my. We praise God today that you and I have a greater benefactor than Robert Smith. We praise God today that you and I have a greater liberator than Robert Smith in his name is Jesus. That Jesus is the one who took my debt. He is the one who took my sin and said, you ain't got to worry about that. I'm going to take it on your behalf. Jesus is the one who cleared my debt so you and I could go free. He says that guilt and that shame just put it on me. All I ask that you do is remember me. Don't remember your sin from yesterday. All you got to do is remember me. 
So when I began to feel guilty or convicted about my sin, past, present, and showed up tomorrow, all I got to do is remember that I am free and forgiven. No matter what my past tries to remind us of, we have to know and remember that we are free and forgiven because Jesus is our great liberator and our great redeemer. And I'm almost done. Amen. I'm almost done. I'm almost done, but just bear, just bear with me. And, and I love verse 15. It's, it's a great reminder that we all need in this time as I look on the news, and Pastor Davis, I already prayed for it this morning. As I looked on the news, my heart was heavy for Miss Jefferson, seeing how she was sitting on her couch playing the game with her nephew, and she was shot by a police officer. And it's easy to grow weary. It's, it's, it's easy to think, God, ain't nothing going to ever change in this world and this country. But, the, but verse 15 gives us all hope. It says that Jesus disarmed the rulers and authority, put them to open shame by triumphing over them and him. Jesus has already declared victory. Jesus has already said, hey, no matter what you see right now, it might be the third quarter and we might be losing right now, but hey, we know how the game is going to end. Jesus says, I am the one who has declared victory. I have defeated and disarmed all the rulers and authorities by putting them to open shame. And as I was praying and thinking about this verse, I, I couldn't help but think about how this church I couldn't help but think about how, how, y'all got me? How this church is a sign of just that. That the whole mission of downtown church is to be a cross-cultural, cross-class, multi-ethnic church that preaches the gospel and does true community with each other. And man, what would cause someone to deny their preferences and deny their comfort to come into the church and say, yeah, I'm going to be a member? It's only by the fact that Jesus has already won. I mean, what will make a black person who has been truly horned by a white person to come into this church and say, you are my brother and I love you? It's only by the power of the gospel and that Jesus Christ has already won. And no matter what we look at, um, in this world, no matter what this world try to throw our way and tell us, we have to remember the truth that Jesus is God. He is the true king and we are only renewed through the finished work he has done on the cross. And I just got one more story and I'm going to sit on down. I just want to tell you about a little boy named Johnny. Um, little Johnny and his mom moved into a brand new city and they didn't know nobody. And it was Lil Johnny's first day of school, and Lil Johnny's mom said, all right, Lil Johnny, when you get out of school, I need you to hop straight on this bus and come right home. Come get right on that bus and come right home. Lil Johnny said, yes, ma'am, I will. But Lil Johnny went to school that day, and Lil Johnny met some new friends. And his friends invited him to go to the fair instead of going home. So little Johnny had his first dilemma that he had to um, make a decision on. And do I go home and listen to my mom or do I go to the fair with my new friends? 
Well, little Johnny, we all know what he did. He went to the fair with his new friends, and it was here at this fair that he was having fun, having a good time, and then he turned around, and all of his friends was gone. Little Johnny was stuck in a new city. He didn't know his mama's phone number, and he didn't even know his home address. He had no way of getting home. So little Johnny went and found this, this officer, and he said, Mr. Officer, can you help me find my way home? Little Johnny and the officer said, yes, sir, of course, what is your home address? Little Johnny said, I don't know. Well, he said, well, what do you live by? He said, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> the officer said, um, there's about five Chick-fil-A's in the city. What is beside this Chick-fil-A that you remember? And he said, well, right across the street from this Chick-fil-A, it's this building, and on top of that building is a cross. And the officer said, all right, Little Johnny, I know exactly where you live. And the officer told Little Johnny that whenever you get lost again, just find your way back to the cross. The, the officer told Little Johnny that whenever you get lost, just remember the cross. And that's all I've been trying to say all day. Whenever we get lost in this city, all we have to do is find our way back to the cross. Because the truth is, life has a way of throwing things at us that make us doubt ourselves, that make us doubt who he is. But in these times, all you have to do is remember the cross. Just remember the cross. For it was at this cross at this cross did Jesus take a stained field sinner like me sprinkle his blood on me and wash me clean it was at this cross at this cross did God take a slave to sin and make me a son of God it was at this cross that I laid down all my burdens all my shame and I found true freedom I found true freedom in Jesus it was at the cross it was at the cross did Jesus hang his arms wide Stress his arms wide. And for me and you, he died. But before he died, he said some very special words. He said to Talisday, for y'all who don't know what it means, it means it is finished. He said it's paid in full. You don't have to do another thing. It's paid in full. All you have to do is remember me. At the cross, at the cross, is where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. Amen. I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the reminder of your cross. Lord, we find love at your cross. We find justice at your cross. We find peace at your cross, Lord. We find hope at your cross. And I pray, Lord, that we remember who we are in you, Christ Jesus. And we, as I already sung this morning, Lord, we are no longer slaves to sin, but we are children of the Most High God. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that, that your word be received well. Lord, that your word changes hearts. Lord, that your word saves souls, Lord. Jesus, heal those who need you this morning. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.